give you a thank you so much for um, allowing me to be here in place of Dan today. Um, I know that as you were praying in family groups or for people that are close to you today, um, probably some of the things that came to mind, God brought to mind, were some of the needs in the body. And um, there certainly are quite a few. So please continue to pray for Lance and for Shirley. Uh, they, I know they were, oh, look at you. Look at you. Holy cow. I did not know that you came in. Bless God for that. Oh, Shirley, you look fantastic. I don't know what I expected, but you look fantastic. Oh, I'm so excited to see you. I thought here we were just going to be praying for Lance and you at a distance. This is so much better than that. Bless you. Man, I know this has been a rough stretch for you, but God is faithful, isn't he? He is faithful. So many of you, Nidra, God is faithful. Amen? God is faithful. Rex, God is faithful. Isn't he? God is faithful. He absolutely um, has you in his sights, and his promises are true, and they are stored up for you, and you get to access them by faith every day of the week. So do not hesitate to go to the Father to get what he promised, okay? Don't live beneath your privilege today. It, there's no point in that. You don't have to do that. So good to be together today. Thank you so much for allowing me to be with you. Uh, we just continue to pray for Jana's dad, Ray. Uh, it's been a rough go for them. And um, Jana's doing what Lori and I told her, just the very best thing you can do uh, every day that you get to be with him and soak in the, the precious moments that God gives you, you keep doing that. Uh, you will never regret those moments that you spend. Um, we, our family, we've been through all of that many times, and we can stand on that promise. God will not only sustain, he will pour out his strength when you are at your weakest. Rex, am I speaking truth? Nidra, am I speaking the truth? Absolutely. Well, today I want us to think about some natural, normal, and very timely things today. It's called our potential. I titled this message, Be All You Can Be. I stole that from the army, okay? Um, and that's sell stuff, man. I'm telling you, that's sell stuff. And I got to be really short today because Steve... Got him a new Garmin watch, and he has set his alarm to go off when he thinks I'm done, and um, Lord knows how short that will be. So I will, be, uh, I will try to keep that, Steve, as short as possible. Uh, go to sleep for a while, okay? That'll be helpful. Now, most of us are more than a little, bit of fam more than a little familiar with the practice of making New Year's resolutions. I don't, uh, I don't want to tell you what you ought to do. I don't know why you feel about that. I don't care. I, I don't set, necessarily set them, but it is a great time of year to reflect, to remember um, all of the things that 
that God has done, what he's promised, what he's shown you, what he's carried you through, that kind of reflection is really, really good. Most of us would like for 2023 to be way behind us in the rearview mirror. Amen? We would like that to happen. Well, by God's grace, God is not limited to the calendar, um, although he set the calendar, you know. A.D., he set the calendar in place. But he is not limited by the calendar. It's not like you get to December 31st, which is today, and God's like, okay, great, that's over. We're going to start the new year. But it is true, the new year starts tomorrow. And most of our thoughts, if they're not, oh, man, I can't wait for this year to be over, most of our thoughts are certainly, I would like to kind of know what's ahead. What is ahead of me? What is promised to me? What is my potential for the new year? In fact, um, goal setting and software uh, to help us be more productive and effective in this new year, all of that stuff is at an all-time high right now. It's a multi-billion dollar system um, industry that is seeing a bump, huge bump. I'm, I'm still a paper and pen type guy. I still, we still use a hanging calendar from our real estate friends, and we write in our calendar, and we check it. None of you even know what that looks like, but um, Lori and I still do that, and she will have me pull out my phone, and we will check the calendar on print, but the truth is, all of that industry is really ramped up right now. Um, people want to know um, how they're going to be better, what's ahead of them. Uh, gym sales at the local fitness center are at an all-time high right now. In fact, I used to um, <laughs> I used to be in charge of the Rock Fitness Center. That was one of my titles when I was at First Baptist Raytown. Uh, it was the joy of my life, um, but uh, it, was, uh, it was crazy. We had to get more staff. Uh, they worked longer hours. Gym memberships were crazy for a while. And do you know that there's an actual date that data has now proven that all of that pretty much stops? January 23rd or 24th. So you get three weeks plus a couple days in with this new regime and then no more. And it is crazy, but all of that stuff is part of our human nature to find out, oh, if I could just tap in to the potential that I believe is good for me. I mean, we have such big plans, right? We dream big dreams, some of us try to believe all the right stuff. How can this happen to us? I mean, look at us. We're smart. We, okay, not all of us, but some of us are really smart. Some of us are really good looking. Not all of us, but some of us are really good looking. And, and some of us have great education. And, and we think, oh my gosh, how could this happen to us with so much potential? So many ways to better ourselves. How can this happen year after year 
after year. Well, I want to say some things this morning that are, and, and I realize these may be wildly unpopular, okay? But remember, when my message is over, I get to leave. I, I want us to, to consider something carefully today that might be a little unpopular. It's kind of going against the grain of westernized culture. Certainly, it goes against the grain of westernized Christianity. Do you know we kind of have our own version of the Bible? Did you know that? Thank you so much. I love you. You do that for me every time I preach. May your tribe increase. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> much to the chagrin of your mom, but I would love it. I would love it. Um, we just kind of look at Scripture and truth through this very westernized viewpoint that often is not 100% true. Now, I realize also that I'm swimming upstream today. I do. But it's actually for your deepest joy. I want you at least to give me a few moments to tell you this is for your deepest joy. Now, it may not be for your immediate happiness, but it is for your deepest joy. Everyone knows in this room that happiness is quickly fleeting, don't we? It really is. It can disappear in a second. In one second, we can be totally euphoric, and in the next second or day, we can be so melancholy, and we have no idea why. Absolutely no idea why. Well, here is our position. We're human beings. We live in a westernized culture. Here's our position. Man loves man. We do. Mankind loves to celebrate mankind. We kind of think we're absolutely unreal. We think we're all that in a bag of chips. Again, you guys don't even know what that means because that's that predates you. That kind of tells you how old I am. We all like to quote things like, you can do anything you set your mind to. You can be whatever you want to be. No one can stop you. Parents, we find ourselves sometimes filling our mouths to try to motivate our children with words like that. Or we take the exact opposite approach to motivate them. You're sorry. <laughs> you can't do anything. Either one is an extreme, and it's just not true. Everyone, no matter how big our brain is, no matter how well it functions, no matter how good of an athlete you are, you are limited. Now, over the last weeks of this particular Chiefs season, I have the gift of overstating the obvious, okay? Even Patrick Mahomes II has limited potential. He does, because he's a human being. He's made of flesh and blood, and we all have that. We all have limited potential. Matt Chandler, which is one of my favorite speakers, he preaches, he is the pastor of the Village Church in Dallas, and he's one of my favorite speakers. He is of your Pastor Dan as well. Uh, he has an amazing quote 
that I want you to hear with everything you got because he says it so much better than I can. But I want you to hear this. Matt says this. The problem is there's a gaping hole in our understanding of us being what's best for us. Us being able to solve anything that bothers us. And us being able to overcome anything that happens to us. He says, did you know that that's a very westernized, almost Oprah-ific way of seeing the world? You can do it, he said. You can overcome it. You can make it happen. You can live the dream. It kind of sounds familiar. Haven't you heard that? Haven't you wanted to believe that? Many of us, us, that's the air we want to breathe. Truth be told, no, we can't. No, we can't. I would agree with you. That's somewhat, in bite-sized pieces, that's very motivating to me. I mean, sometimes that'll make me stretch and reach and push, but it's just not true. Truth endures. Truth will last past me. So how is this possibly motivating Clay or inspiring at the end of a year? Oh my gosh, you are such a downer. Well, I want to tell you, that's the bad news, okay? That stuff is really not consistent with the Word of God. But the truth will set you free. The truth will motivate you far longer than anything that doesn't stand up to its muster. I want us to read some scripture together, and actually, I want us to read it out loud, and I'm going to read it with you out loud. It's from the ESV version. It's from Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Um, chapter 8, I want us to read this together. You have that, right, on the screens? Do you have that? Yes. Okay. Uh, I want us to read this together because I think it's very powerful when you read Scripture out loud and you hear yourself speak truth. That's very powerful to me. And then I want you to listen to truth said a little bit different version. Okay? Let's say this together. All this I observed while applying my heart to all that is done under the sun. When man had power over man to his hurt, then I saw the wicked buried. They used to go in and out of the holy place and were praised in the city where they had done such. This is also is vanity because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life, yet I know that it will be well with those who fear God because may fear before him. They fear, okay. And it will not be well with the wicked, neither will he prolong his days like a shadow 
because he does not fear before God. Whoo, man, that's powerful stuff. Now, that may be a little complicated for you. Sometimes I read scripture and I'm like, what? I mean, I have my master's degree and I look at it and I'm like, what? I don't get it. So I go back and forth a lot and that's kind of the way I preach too. I use other versions that either simplify it for this simple mind or it just gives a little bit more descriptive words for me and it's to my benefit. I want you to listen to this. This is from the New Living Translation. It says, how wonderful to be wise, to be able to analyze and interpret things. I like that, don't you? I like to understand. I like to read with understanding. He goes on and he says, wisdom lights up a person's face, softening its hardness. There's a huge, unbelievable draw when you're around somebody that on their face, there's joy. I'm drawn to that. Are you? I'm like, I want to be around them. I love that wisdom, the wisdom of God. Not a flesh and blood. The wisdom of God will give you that. That's what this is saying. Now, verse 3 says that this, it goes on and says, do not be hasty to leave his presence. All of a sudden, Solomon somehow is speaking about worship. Well, of course he is. Worship is what is the call on our life. Not Sunday morning worship. That's good. But it's not enough. He's talking about daily worship, Monday through Saturday. Okay? And Sunday night, when Sunday morning's over, he's talking about daily worship. And Solomon said, don't be hasty to leave his presence. Man, that is rich. In fact, linger. Don't be hasty to leave. Linger. Abide. I want to go one step farther. Rest in his presence. Don't apologize for it. Stay. Stay as long as he is speaking to you. You're experiencing his power, his presence, his promises. Stay. Linger. Don't be hasty to leave. Have you ever noticed we time our worship? Every church does it. We have to do it, right? Because our attention spans are so... In fact, some of you, Steve, yours is gone now, right? I mean, so is mine. So is mine. I've got my notes just so I can go back to it. But I lost myself like 20 minutes ago. It's unbelievable. Our attention spans are so short. But they are. But they are. We time our worship because we got things to do. We got to hurry. We've got places to go, people to see, and things to do. We hear Solomon say to us, don't rush. Linger in his presence. You want a new perspective, a new dynamic for your year? I know our brains are like, oh man, what can I accomplish? What can I do? What can people notice? 
And he's like, linger, stay, rest, abide in the presence of God. Oh, that's way different. We do that with our spiritual journey too. You ever notice that? We're like, oh man, God, I know you got, I, you hear our mouths say it. God, I know you got so much for me. Oh man, you are going to fill me. You're going to expand my knowledge. You're gonna, do, you, have you, do you hear what I'm saying? That sounds like I'm focused on me, doesn't it? How much will you give me? How much will you do for me? How much can you show me? That's all me. That's all focused on me. That's a terrible way to start the new year. The kingdom of God is 100% backwards. It's upside down. It always has been. And flesh and blood try to do better than the kingdom of God, the teaching of Scripture. We've tried to do it better. You don't. We get so frustrated, we lose all kinds of perspective because we're trying to do something that God never intended or meant for our lives. It's different, it's strange, it doesn't go along with the motivational or inspirational quotes that we throw around to each other. We get so comfortable with those, we use them all the time. I get in my own way. I don't know if you do that. I certainly do that. And I get in the way of what God really wants me to be all about. All about. Some of you remember the account of John in the Gospels. Uh, Speaking of John the Baptist here, uh, he was getting a lot of attention. And I want you to picture this. John, they called him the baptizer, John the baptizer, um, he was preaching about the coming of Jesus. And the crowds were unbelievable. They st- I mean, the buzz all over the region was incredible. John is preaching, and crowds are flocking to this guy. And man, he was preaching hard. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever preached this hard. It, Repent or perish, you know, turn or burn. I mean, he was laying it out. And John was gaining all kinds of notoriety, fame, crowds. I mean, a real head trip. I don't know if any of you have ever had any of that. I haven't really, but I'm telling you, I imagine that. I'm like, yeah, I'd like more of that. I mean, people like me. I mean, they're coming to hear me speak. Or like this morning, they stayed away. But I mean, that's what it was happening to John. It was crazy. Quite a head trip for him. And not so much. Not so much. John the Baptist had a very clear understanding about the kingdom of God that he was a part of. You see, John literally stepped back. Instead of pursuing more of it, which is what we do, flesh and blood, oh, I got to get more of that. John did the exact opposite. For the new year, that's a great message for us. It's just not wildly popular. Step back. Get out of the way. Away from the attention. Away from the leadership that God actually gave him 
John stepped back. He, still, he spoke of a very practical, a very wise, but a very difficult truth for all of us. He said it this way. John 3, verse 30, Jesus must become greater and greater or increase. He must be. Now, all of us would stop there and go, oh man, I'm all over that. Absolutely all that. I want Jesus to be greater and greater and greater. And John said, and this is how it will happen. I must become less and less and less. See, that's where scripture takes an ugly turn for us. Flesh and blood doesn't like that. Oh man, Western Christianity doesn't like that. We like the superstars. We exalt them. We want to be around them. We can't get enough of them. We will buy their books. You name it. We will quote them. Mankind doesn't like what John had to say. But John, unbelievably, knew the power of real joy. Became less and less and less. Oh my gosh, that's a collision course for modern understanding, isn't it? I must become less and less and less so Jesus can become greater and greater and greater. The world says to all of us, be bold, be confident, see your ability, see your talents. However, if my confidence is in my skill set that I've developed, oh yeah, I, I'm like, God, thank you, you gave those to me, yeah. If that's where my confidence lies, I want you to remember something. I came fully aware of this many years ago. Someone else is a lot better at what you do, what I do, than I am. There may be hundreds that are better at it than I am. That's kind of sobering, isn't it? When I start to think, man, I got it going on. God said, you know, I'd like to silence you for a while, and I want to exalt one who doesn't think they're all that. That's Jesus' way. He always does that. Always does that. He takes, remember, the kingdom of God is 100% upside down. God takes great pleasure in the weak and the broken and exalting them. He loves to do that. He does it all the time. But he can't do it, he won't do it when I keep pushing my abilities and my confidence in the flesh. He will not do that. So let me just say this to you today. God has a much better way. A much better way. Solomon uses some moments there in chapter 8, verses 9 through 15 that says this, I have thought deeply about all that goes on here in the world, where people have the power to hurt each other. I have seen wicked people buried with honor. How strange that they were the very ones who frequented the temple, and now they are praised in the very city where they, are com where they committed their crimes. When a crime is not punished, people feel it is safe to do wrong. Suddenly, do you think like you're listening to the evening news? 
Uh-huh. Absolutely. Nobody reads the newspaper anymore. I get that. But that's the news thread of today. Absolutely. I know that those who fear God will be better off, Solomon says. The wicked will never live long good lives, for they do not fear God. Their days will never grow long like the evening shadows. And this is not all that is meaningless in our world. In this life, Solomon says, good people are often treated as though they were wicked. And wicked people are often treated as though they are good. This is so meaningless. Solomon had had enough. Have you? Solomon had had enough. And you know what his take on all of that? This is at the end of his life. This is Solomon's take. It's all so meaningless, so I just recommend there's nothing better for people to do than eat, drink, and be merry. Just go ahead, enjoy whatever you want. It's all meaningless anyway. Nothing's going to work out well. This is the guy that asked God. God said, I'll give you anything you ask for. And Solomon said, I want wisdom. If you read the end of Solomon's life, that is not a pretty story. He had accumulated with that wisdom every kind of thing. Every kind of thing. All the things that are probably on my list of things I'd like to have. He, except multiple wives, don't want that. Um, so he, he got all this stuff, and he's like, but it doesn't matter. So as you set course for your new year, what are you going to pursue? Making you better with all your unlimited potential? Or are you going to believe what God says about you, for you, and to you, and leave it at that? Leave it at that. You see, most of us sing songs, believe things like, God, you're enough. Jesus, you're enough. It's a great song. More than enough. I like that one even better. God, you are more than enough. We just don't live like he is. This is the epitaph of what mankind has always done. Solomon saw it pretty clear. If we follow our natural, normal, self-focused way of thinking and moving forward to get better and better, this is the way that ends. Solomon saw it. We don't really have that perspective, but we can get it from Solomon. I got all this, and it was never enough. The self-improvement plans aren't working. Not to bring joy and peace. And ultimately, isn't that really what you wanted in the first place? More joy and peace Self-improvement plans are not going to get it for you. You're not only going to be disappointed, you're going to disappoint everyone in your life. Be all that you can be. Yes. What does God want for you? Okay. So I want, I, I want us to just think for a second what often happens. 
there seems to be a prevailing thought from all of my life. I mean, I'm 64, and I remembered this when I was 12 or 13. In youth group, you know the number one prevailing thought all the time, question, what is God's will for my life? Any of you ever heard that? What is God's will for my life? What does God have for me? How can God make my life better? Here's his answer to all of those questions. I wish somebody had said this when we were, when we were like contemplating that question in the youth group that I grew up in. Of course, it probably was an indicator of how many times I skipped. But it, this is the answer to all of those questions, all of them. Micah 6, verse 8 says, I've already told you, Clay, what's good for you, my will for you, and what I require of you. I've already told you. Do what's right. Love mercy and walk humbly with your God. You want a New Year's resolution that is full of power and will not fail? It will not be diluted. It will not be based upon any of your strength or your flesh or your willpower. That one. I've already told you what is good and what is right. Do what is right in my sight, says the Lord. Do what I've said do. And don't do what I've said don't do. Love mercy. Love it for yourself. I'm big on that one. How about you? I love, I love God's mercy for me. I don't really care if you get it. Love mercy. Love mercy for me, for you, for each other, for people who don't deserve it. That's what mercy is. Love mercy and walk humbly before your God. Some of the things that I talk with my clients with all the time. I get, I get this incredible opportunity, blessing, responsibility to meet with a lot of young leaders. And they have almost all the same questions that many of us have when we're 60, 70 years old. They're just starting them earlier. And they keep running and pursuing things that make sense to them and wonder why that was never enough. Do what is right in God's sight. Love mercy and walk humbly before your God. All of us, that's focusing on him and his power. Most of us are living with a quest to find what works. I think we kind of left, lots of us kind of left what's true, and we just want to know what works. Well, the good news about that is God's word is truth, and it works. That's both. God's word is truth, and it works 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Whatever is going on in your marriage right now, whatever it is, he is enough 
but you're going to have to give up. Give up your attempt to fix it. The truth is, I cannot fix this. I try, but I can't. Now, if you sat down with Lori, she would tell you verbatim, he can't fix that. It's the truth. And you can't fix you. As try as you may, you can't fix this. Jesus alone can. And he will. He wants to. He is more than enough to fix it all. Now, it won't look like what you thought it was supposed to look like, will it? He doesn't operate that way. He operates in power and truth and his goodness and his faithfulness that endures every generation. What do you want your children to know about you? Well, he tried really hard. Well, good for you. He wasn't successful, but he tried really hard. Man, doesn't that sound weak? It is. He loved God with all of his heart. He wanted mercy for everyone. And he was humble. He walked in humility. I want my children to believe that and to see that. Maybe for you, that needs to start over today. It can. I'm going to ask you to just stand where you are if you're able. If you're not, don't. Stand where you are and just quiet your heart. You heard a lot of stuff. And what I'd love for you to hear is that still, small, clear voice of God. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of things and give you a little bit of time like I'm going to take it and let him work. Would you be willing to allow God to start over with you? Maybe before you know how to answer that, I guess I need to ask you, are you tired? Are you weary and worn out? Trying to do better? Trying to improve yourself? In essence, trying to fix you. Are you tired and weary of that? If you are, know this. God does not judge you today. He already knew it ahead of time. And he was prepared. Prepared for mercy. Prepared for his grace. Prepared for his forgiveness. And prepared to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All of it. That's where you find yourself this morning. You're in very good company. And without judgment, without condemnation, God 
by the words of Solomon said, don't be hasty to leave his presence. Stay a while. Find rest as you abide in his presence. You see, his promise to you and me is in his presence is the fullness of joy. Is that what you're living with right now? If you're not, he is absolutely waiting to start over with you. Father, we bow before you this morning and you see us. You see the past clearly. You see it much better than we are. Lord, we say things like the past. We look in the rearview mirror and it's 20-20 vision. Oh, no, it's not. You're the only one who sees it clearly. But you also see where we are right now. Perfectly clear. And you see our future. Lord, I thank you that you know. We can rely upon how wise you are and what you offer with that wisdom. Lord, we're just going to tell you right now we're tired. We're tired of trying to earn what has been freely given. We're tired because we're trying to fix us, trying to fix our spouse, trying to fix our children. God, I just pray that you would help me. Help me get to the weariness to just finally lay it down all at your feet. We can't possibly muster the kind of passion that you deserve. We can't possibly muster the kind of majesty that you are given. So, Father, we ask you in your mercy and in your grace, show us our inadequacy to fill us with power, not to leave us destroyed or broken, but filled. God, show us what we are in our own strength. We are not enough. Lord, show us our inadequacy without you. And instead of being beat up by that, Lord, we are going to celebrate our weaknesses because you said in our weakness, you, your perfect strength is made perfect in us. You fill in the gaps. You are our strength. Lord, we've been foolish enough to think that we could do this on our own, and we're not. We're not able. So we invite you, Father, right now to fill the holes in our life, the holes that have been left with our best attempts. And we thank you, Father, right now that this year we get to leave it for what it is and for what you've done 
And we get to look to you as the author, the one who writes our future. And the one who closes the book, the finisher of our faith. Father, we thank you that you give us right now your mercy and your grace to look to you. God, would you help us only look there? Stop looking in the mirror for strength, for potential. Help us look to you. God, we thank you right now that this year and next, we can be all that you say we can be. And Lord, that is more than we've ever experienced before. So we thank you in advance for all of that. And we say that in the name of Jesus and pray with his name. Amen. Father, we love you. And we thank you, Father, for bringing these people here today. God, I pray that they will walk away, seriously walk away, with the power to trust in the unfailing love of God and nothing more. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Have a great day. Happy New Year, everybody.